Today's shiur will deal with the topic of Birchot Torah. I have spoken and written about this topic in the past. Nevertheless, I wanted to include it in the Sidra of Shirim about Tefillah. Since we've been talking about Birchot HaShachar for the past two Shirim, I think it would be appropriate to continue with Birchot HaTorah. The first point we have to make is, of course, to discuss the controversy between the Rambam and the Ramban regarding Birchot HaTorah. The Rambam in his Sefer HaMitzvahs did not mention that there is a separate mitzvah to make Birchot HaTorah. The Ramban, at the end of his uh, comments on Sefer HaMitzvahs, lists a number of mitzvahs that the Rambam forgot. Now, the word that's printed in our books of mitzvot sheshachachot Rambam, mitzvahs that the Rambam forgot. Of course, the Rambam did not forget any mitzvah. The question is only why the Rambam left it out. In this list of mitzvahs, the Ramban wrote that there's a mitzvah to make birchas HaTorah. And not only is it a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah of the Torah. Learn from the Pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havugodal Elokeinu, a Pasuk in Ha'azinu, when I call upon the name of Kaddish Baruch Hu, you should respond by giving praise to Kaddish Baruch Hu. So according to the Ramban, this uh, idea, which of course is based on the Gemara and Brachas, is Daraisa. It's not an Asmachta. It's taken as a Mitzvah Daraisa. What is interesting to note is when we have the 613 Mitzvahs in the Torah, if we would discuss it in order of Chumash, so according to the Sefer Achinuch, who generally follows the opinion of the Rambam, the last mitzvah of the Torah is uh, Ksiva Sefer Torah, the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. That's the 613th mitzvah. In fact, a uh, Rabbi Kohn from America wrote a book called the 613th mitzvah about the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. On, uh, according to the Ramban, there is a mitzvah that's further on in the Torah. Mitzvah Bichas HaTorah comes from Pasuk Azinu. Perhaps that would be the last mitzvah in the Torah. One could argue there are others in Hazinu, but this might be the last mitzvah of the Torah, Koin Ramban, the mitzvah of Birchas HaTorah. The interesting point to make in the Ramban is that those people who are familiar with the introduction of the Ramban remember that the Ramban wrote that there is a mystical tradition I emphasize a mystical tradition that the entire Torah is comprised upon the name of of the names of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kol HaTorah Kula Shmosav Shal Kaddish Baruch Hu. It, there's a, apparently a secret way of reading the Torah where we would figure out, be able to read the Torah in a different way that we read it by ourselves, that we have a tradition of reading it. And that secret way of reading the Torah, the Torah is actually names of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. According to the Ramban, it really is a very beautiful idea. When I call upon the name of God, in other words, when I learn Torah, which is Shmosav Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, then a person should respond. The uh, This idea would be, of course, in terms of Adavar Shabbat in general, as I've explained, or will explain in Yetz Hashem in the future Shirim. But it refers to Talmud Torah of a, of a Yachid as well. Kishem Hashem Ekra. So then I should myself say Birchas Torah, which is Daraisa. Now the Rambam left it out. 
when the Rambam left out a bracha like, a, a mitzvah like this, obviously two suggestions could be made. One is the Rambam, for whatever reason, did not take the Gemara as literally as the Ramban. And he thought this is what we would call an Asmachta. It's a nice idea. But Birchasatara ad Rabbanan. The other way of learning would be to say the Rambam agrees with Ramban that Birchasatara daraisa, but he does not count it within the list of the 630 mitzvahs for one reason or another. The Ramban himself suggested a reason that the Rambam perhaps omitted it. The Ramban rejects the reason, but nevertheless does suggest it. He says, for example, perhaps the Rambam thought that there's a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, which is obviously counted in Minyan mitzvahs. Since Talmud Torah requires a bracha before, it's essential to make the bracha before you learn Torah. So perhaps they join together as one mitzvah, Talmud Torah and Birchas HaTorah should be counted together as one mitzvah. The Ramban himself rejected this idea. And he said there are other mitzvahs that go together, and nevertheless they're counted as two mitzvahs. He gives two examples. One example is when you bring Bikurim, so you have to read the parsha of Bikurim. But that certainly is counted in two mitzvahs. One, saying the parsha, and two, bringing the Bikurim. Or, for example, there's a mitzvah bringing carbon Pesach. Some people think that the text in the Ramban should read, there's a mitzvah of eating matzah. The other adjunct to this mitzvah would be Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's why I, some people think it goes better with matzah, because Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim are really connected much more than Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim is connected to carbon Pesach. But anyway, whichever two mitzvahs they are, Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Matzah or Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Pesach, they're counted as two separate mitzvahs. So the Ramban says, so why aren't these two counted as separate mitzvahs? And therefore he rejected this opinion of the Ramban. As one could imagine, if we look in the Gdole Yisrael throughout the ages, some learned one way and some learned another way. Some people really thought that according to the Rambam, Bichas HaTorah Rabbanan, and some thought that the Ram thought it's Doraisa as well, but he did not count it. For the mitzv- for the reason, perhaps, that the Ramban himself suggested. There would be a practical difference between the two. If you hold that it's Doraisa, and a person is in doubt whether he made the bracha, then you would have to use the principle of Savik Doraisa Luchumra, and a person would have to say this bracha. If you say that it's only Drabanan, so then you would say Savik Drabanan Lakula. You wouldn't have to make the bracha at all. That's why this issue, according to the Rambam, is important to decide whether it really is the Arais or the Rabbanan. The Arich HaShulchan, for example, paskin that according to the Rambam, it is the Arisa. And he argued, as the Ramban himself suggested, that the Ram did not count it because he considered Talmud Torah and the Birchaz Torah together as one mitzvah. It seems to me that this point of the of the of the uh, Arich HaShulchan should be thought about in connection with a, the Seder of the Rambam in Mishnah Torah. The Rambam has, in the book of Ava, he has a section called Hilchos Tefillah, and is a section in Sefer Mada called Hilchos Torah. Now, where would you put the mitzvah or the idea of making Birchas HaTorah? If you're going to say, as the Aruch HaShulchan suggested, 
that it's part and parcel of the mitzvah Tamatara, I would certainly like to see that in the laws of Hechaz Tamatara. The Ram should say, when you learn Torah, you must make a bracha. The same way the Rambam includes the halach of Talmud Torah and Kvod Rabbanim, Kvod Torah, together as one mitzvah, so in, in one section, he should have included Birchas Torah in that section. But yet, when we look for the Birchas Torah in the Rambam, I don't, I didn't find it in Hilchas Talmud Torah. I did find it, of course, in Hilchas Tefillah. In Hilchas Tefillah and Perek Zayin, the Rambam has the whole Perek about making the brachas in the morning that we've been discussing the past two shiurim, the birchas hashachar. And then the Ram says, a person who gets up in the morning to learn should make the brachas of Torah. And it seems to be, the Ram looks at it as part of tefillah, not as part of the mitzvah Talmud Torah. So therefore, I would like another suggestion why the Rambam did not count the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, if he does think it's the Raisa, and as I mentioned before, there is a practical nafkamina, a practical dis- distinction, whether you would pass in the Raisa or pass in Rabbana. Another point that should be raised is what type of a bracha are we talking about? We generally know that brachas can be divided into three categories. Birchas ha-mitzvah, birchas ha-nenin, birchas ha-shevech v'odah. Birchas ha-mitzvah would be a bracha before you do a mitzvah, like we make a bracha before we take a lulav, before we go to mikveh, before we take a shofar, blow a shofar. There's a birchas hanenin, a bracha that we make before we partake of benefits of this world, partake of the pleasures of this world, before we eat, before we drink, you make a birchas hanenin. The third category is birchas hashavach v'odah, which brachas are made on unusual phenomena in the world. When we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for these Various phenomena. For example, when a person sees an ocean, a person sees strange animals, a person sees a rainbow, all these are considered unusual phenomena. And if a person sees them, he makes a bracha, which is called the birchas ha-shevach v'odah. What type of a bracha is birchas ha-torah? In essence, if one would say it's the Raisa, like the Ramban thinks, and perhaps the Ram also thinks, the question need not be asked as seriously as I'm going to deal with it. Because in the brachas Rabbanan are categorized into these three divisions. A bracha daraisa is a different bracha at all. For example, birchas hamazon. It probably is more of a birchas hashavah than anything else. But since it's daraisa, I don't have to really discuss what type of a bracha it is. But if birchas hatar or Rabbanan, or even if you want to say it's the Raisa, I still would like to understand the nature of this, of this type of bracha. Tosos in Brachas asks a question, why is it that we make a bracha every time we go to sit in the sukkah, but we don't make a bracha every time we learn Torah? A person who learns in the morning for an hour or two and then goes to work, so makes a bracha in the morning, comes back later in the day, after a day's work, and sits again to learn, nobody ever thought that he should make another Birchas HaTorah. But on Sukkah, if a person would eat breakfast, go to the office, or go to wherever he goes for a tiyul, when he comes back later, and he eats lunch, he would make another bracha. Why would he not make a bracha every time he learns? Tosfus answered, because 
Torah is different than a sukkah. A person doesn't have to sit in the sukkah really all day. And therefore, once he leaves the sukkah, there's what we call a hesachadas. He sort of interrupted the idea of sukkah, and when he comes in again, it's as if it's a new concept. Whereas with Talmud Torah, there's no hesachadas. Why is they not considered hesachadas? Perhaps we'll explain a little bit later, but that's what Tosu says. There's no hesachadas by Talmud Torah. A person's involved in Torah the whole day. So therefore, you don't make a bracha every time you learn. This reasoning of Tosfus would seem to imply that Birchas HaTorah is a Birchas HaMitzvah. He asked the question, why do we make, why do we not make a bracha every time we learn, like we would make a bracha every time we go into the sukkah? Now that's a Birchas HaMitzvah, that's for sure. Sitting in the sukkah is a Birchas HaMitzvah. The bracha on sitting in the sukkah is a Birchas HaMitzvah. So therefore, the bracha on Talmud Torah should be the same, according to Tosa's question. Therefore, it implies that they're the same halacha. It's one halacha of birchas ha-mitzvah. In Shulchan Aruch and Simen Mem Zayin, it says the laws of birchas ha-Torah are all included in that, in that siman. One of the halachas that it says there is that Mahara um, Torah, if a person thinks about Torah, he doesn't make a bracha. You only make a bracha when you bring Torah, as it were, into this world, when you when you write Torah, when you speak Torah, but when you just think Torah, you don't make a bracha. The Vilna Gaon there raises a strong objection to this psaq of the Shulchan Aruch. He says, isn't it true that a person who learns Torah fulfills the mitzvah of Talmud Torah? The Torah says, or the Pasuk in Yoshua, V'agisa bo'yama v'alayla. The mitzvah of Torah is higayon. Now, it's interesting in Hebrew, the word vagisa could theoretically have two meanings. Hege piv, hege from the word vagisa, from the same shoresh, would mean somehow that what you utter with your mouth. On the other hand, we have the word higayon. Higayon means logic, without uttering it, without saying a word. Isn't it obvious that a person who listens to Torah, or thinks of Torah as mekayim, the mitzvah of Torah, don't we know that you're not allowed to think of Torah when a person is in the washroom? Because it's not proper to think of Torah. You're mekayim the mitzvah of Talmud Torah in an unclean situation. So the Gaon says, of course you fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah with logic, with thinking. So why won't you make a bracha? When I give a shir, sometimes I tell my students, those that talk to me and discuss things with me, okay, we've, we have a dialogue going on. The people that just sit and shear the whole day, or in a type of a podcast such as we're doing now, the people who hear what I'm saying, they're hopefully listening carefully, trying to learn, but they're not speaking. Does anyone doubt that they're not fulfilling the mitzvah of Talmud Torah by listening to Divrei Torah? You don't have to use the principle of Shomea Ka'oneh that a person who hears something, it's as if he's saying it. That's true when you really have to say something. But Talmud Torah, I don't need to say Shomea Kaone. A person who learns Torah, hears Torah, fulfills the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So the Gaon says, so why shouldn't you make a bracha? So you see the Gaon equated the bracha of Talmud Torah to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. If a person is Mekayim Talmud Torah, then he should make a bracha. Makes sense that the Grah thinks, like Tosfus does, that the birchas ha-Torah is a birchas ha-Mitzvah. 
In Shulchan Aruch, Simen Memzayin, the very last halacha, says, Nashim mevachot b'chot ha-Torah. Women make b'chot ha-Torah. Now, obviously, I would like to understand this psak. I've pointed out that when we say Nashim mevachot b'chot ha-Torah, we could theoretically translate as women can make b'chot ha-Torah, women must make b'chot ha-Torah, or women have a custom of saying b'chot ha-Torah. The Shulchan Aruch just said those words. Now we know, we have a general feeling based on the Mishnah and, and Kedushan and the Gemara, that women are exempt from the mitzvah of Tamba Torah. So if that's true, why would they make a bracha on Torah? Now we know there is a machlokas between Chachmei Ashkenaz and Chachmei Svarat, whether a woman makes a bracha on a mitzvah from which she is exempt. For example, a woman who wants to sit in a sukkah, and fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah and make a bracha. According to the Rambam, Chachmei Svarad, Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, a woman is not allowed to make a bracha on a mitzvah from which she is exempt. She cannot say the words, Asher Kedushanu B'mitzvotah V'tzivanu She wasn't commanded. How could she use, say those words? Whereas Chachmei Ashkenaz, Tosfus, and the Rambam, Paskin, that a woman may say those brachas, and somehow the words, Asher Kedushan don't refer specifically to women, they refer to the concept of Kal Yisrael. Asher Kedushan Mitzvah commanded Kal Yisrael, and it doesn't have refer specifically to the women. Be that as it may, the machlokas between Chachmei Ashkenaz and Chachmei Sfarad would show that women do not make a bracha from which they are exempt according, from a mitzvah from which they are exempt according to Chachmei Sfarad. Now here the Shulchan Aruch was written, this Psaq and Halacha is written by Rabbi Yosef Cairo. So I would have to understand why is it the women can make Birchas HaTorah they, if they're part of them Torah. So some of the Gedola Israel have tried to explain that women are indeed Chayev and Talmud Torah. It's true the Gemara says women are not Chayev and Talmud Torah. That refers to learning Torah the same way as men are required. Men are required to learn Kola Torah Kula. Women are required only to learn the parts of Torah that are relevant to them. To learn Psach Halacha. To say parts of Davening, maybe, that are come from Divrei Torah. So if that would be true, then women make a Birchas HaTorah, because they're required to learn Torah. However, the Vilna Gaon learned differently. The Vilna Gaon, in his comments on Shulchan Aruch right there, in Simon Mem Zayin, said that women can make a bracha on Tamu Torah the same way they can make a bracha on any mitzvah from which they are potter. Like lulav, like shofar, like sukkah. I always felt this comment of the Vilna Gaon was rather strange. Because if the Gra is explaining Minag Ashkenaz that women can make a bracha, I understand completely. According to Minag Ashkenaz, women can make a bracha. One would have to ask the question, would you really be required to make a bracha? But certainly you're allowed to make the bracha. And I said it's really an interesting discussion. If you could make a bracha and you want to learn, must you make the bracha according to the Graz interpretation? However, the Graz saying that women can make the bracha, like can make a bracha on any other mitzvah, doesn't seem to be an explanation for the opinion of the, of the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch did not say that women could make a bracha on Lulav and Sukkah. So he can't say that you make a bracha on Torah the same way you make a bracha on Lulav and Sukkah. So 
if the grow is explaining the minik ashkin as I understand it. But nevertheless, that doesn't seem to be the pshat, the pshat in the in the in the mechaber. The upshot of what we've said that is that the Vilna Gaon obviously looked at birchas haTorah as a birchas haMitzvah. Since it's a birchas haMitzvah, like lulav, like sukkah, women can make a bracha. Since it's a birchas haMitzvah, if you fulfill the mitzvah, like if you think the Torah, then you should make a bracha on the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. It's known in the yeshiva world that Reb Velvel, the uncle of Rav Salavechik, Reb Yitzchak Zev HaLevi Salavechik, explained this Ram differently. It's printed in his Sefer on the Rambam, and it's mentioned in his family's name, that the bracha on Torah is not necessarily a bracha on the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. The bracha is rather on what he calls the Chavzah Shaltaira. A person enters the domain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, goes in to learn HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, he has a meeting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, in his Torah, so that person should make a birchasat, should make a bracha on the, on the meeting with, with Torah. If that's true, so you need what we call a chefza shal Torah. I would require some sort of a, an object, something that's in this world that I meet and can say that now I make the bracha. Perhaps the Shulchan Aruch said, that a person thinks Torah, you don't, you, you might, you probably do fulfill the mitzvah, as the Gaon argued. But nevertheless, you did not bring Torah into this world. There's no chefzoshal Torah in thinking. If a person writes Torah or transmits Torah by speaking, then somehow it becomes what we call a chefzoshal Torah. That's why the Shulchan Aruch paskind against the idea of the Vilna Gaon, that Mahari Abedivay Torah doesn't make a bracha. Nashim mevachot bichat Torah, because women have a meeting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a meeting with the Torah. If they learn whether they're required to learn or not, the bracha is not on the mitzvah. It's on the chefzah shal Torah. Of course, one could posit that this fits in very, very well with the text of the Rambam. When the Rambam said that birchas Torah are important, the Rambam gave the, the nusach of the first bracha, and the bracha is Asher Kitchanim Sivanu Al Divrei Torah, as opposed to the to the minig of the Ashkenazim, who say Asher Kitchanim Sivanu LaAsok B'Divrei Torah. But Sivanu LaAsok implies that he told he required us to learn Torah. The text itself might be more leaning to the pshat that it's a bracha or in the midst of learning Torah. The Rambam's text is Al Divrei Torah. Not on the mitzvah of learning Torah so much as on the chefts of Torah, al divrei Torah. What's interesting to note is the Shulchan Aruch did say that women make a bracha on birchas Torah, and somehow I like to support Rebelvel's explanation by quoting the text of the Rambam. But the Rambam himself did not say clearly that women are required or are allowed to make birchas Torah. I said if the psak of the Shulchan Aruch, which is a Svaidi psak, does say so, and therefore we need an explanation. And I use the text of the Rambam to support Rebelvel's interpretation, but the Rambam himself never said so, and we can only speculate whether the Rambam indeed agreed with the Shulchan Aruch and said that women do make Birchas Torah, or no, does it follow the general rule of Shofar, Lulav, and Sukkah? And he would disagree with the psak of the Shulchan Aruch. One last point in connection with women, 
and the bracha of Talmud Torah is an interesting comment made by the Noda Behuda. The Tosfah said that we don't make a Birchza Torah every time we learn because there's no Hesachadas. So I said, later on I'll try to explain what it means there's no Hesachadas. So there could be two different ways of explaining. There could be one way of saying that since a person is required to learn all, all day as different than sukkah. Sukkah, a person is not required to sit in the sukkah all the day. Sukkah is not a prison, it's not a jail. But a person is required to learn Torah, Yom and Valayla. So therefore, there's no Esachadas, because the mitzvah of Talmud Torah applies all the time. One could learn differently. Rav Salavechik spoke about this once at the end of a shiur. It's been printed in the um, journal that's called the Conspectus. I think it's been reprinted recently. The Rav Salavechik wrote about the acute awareness and the latent awareness of Torah. It's true that a person leaves learning, but a person can never be left unaware of Torah. Since your whole life is based on Torah mitzvahs, there's no such thing as really leaving Torah. There's no hasachadas. So therefore, a person who has to think of how to obey mitzvahs ha-Torah all day does not really have hasachadas. So the Noda Behuda said, if the explanation of Tosfus is there's no Esachadas because you're required to learn Torah all day, then women are not required to learn Torah all day. And therefore the Noda Behuda in the book Tzlach on Masechus Brachas really suggested that women should make a bracha on Talmud Torah every time they learn Torah. Because every every time they learn, when they stop, there's Esachadas, there's no mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Of course, if we suggest the explanation according to Rav Salavechik, we would argue with this point and say that even though women are not required to learn all day, but they still are required to have a Torah life all day. And therefore, for women also, there's no Hesachadas, so you would not make a bracha every time you learn. I mentioned this tzlach as a very interesting, curious point, a big chiddush that I don't think people are aware of, and certainly not something that we follow lahalacha. In When we talk about the bracha of Torah, so far I talked about the obligation if it's Dorais to the Rabbanan, and what type of a, a bracha is it. The Ramam in Hilchos Tefillah, B'yechaz Kohen, U'b'yechaz Kohen in Perek Zayin Halacha Yud, says there are three brachas. I'd like you to note three brachas. What are they? What I said before. Ha'arevna, without a vav. Ha'arevna, Hashem ha'kenos debeitor ha'schabafinu, etc., etc. Baruch HaTashem, no seyna Torah. Not the same text as Ashkenazim. And the third bracha is Hashabach ha'banu mikolo amin v'nasla no seyna Torah. Baruch HaTashem, no seyna Torah. According to the Ram, there are three brachas, and that's why the middle bracha, Ha'arevna, does not have a vav. You just say Ha'arevna without a vav. A vav would mean there's a connection to the first bracha. In the Rambam Frankel, Rambam of the Frankel edition, I'm reading the text according to his edition. He does have various texts where there is a vav according to the Rambam, Ve'ha'arevna. We know that the Ashkenazi Jews generally say Ve'ha'arevna. 
the Rambam, as the text here says, Ha'arevna, and according to what we learned, according to the Rambam, that there are three brachas, it makes sense to say Ha'arevna, it's a, a bracha by itself. There are three different brachas. Whereas according to the Ashkenazi version, there are only two brachas. And you say Ve'arevna, because the first bracha, Asher Kitshanam B'Tzatzah is connected to Ve'arevna Hashem One could really argue that I would understand why there are two separate brachas, because Asher Kitshanam B'Tzatzah whatever it is, the brachas ha-mitzvah perhaps, Ve'arevna is more of a bakasha, that we're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make the Torah sweet, to make sure that our children continue learning, we should always daven that our children will continue in our ways, in our derech, So it could be considered a, a separate type of bracha completely. That's why some people think it really is a separate bracha. But according to the Minagashkenaz, it's one long bracha. Of course, the difference would be when you hear in shul people making this bracha, should you say amen after Asher Kitshanu Mesos Sivanu Lasok B'Divrei Torah? Should you answer amen? According to the Minak of the Rambam, yes, you would answer amen. It's a new bracha. Whereas according to Minak Ashkenaz, it's not a new bracha. It's a continuation of the original bracha. And therefore you would not say amen. Why according to the Rambam are there really three brachas? And why according to the Ashkenaz are there only two brachas? Anytime there's more than one bracha in a mitzvah, it would pay to try to investigate and find out why there is more than one bracha. Uh, by Tefillin, for example, the Minak Ashkenaz is to make two brachas. By Mila, we have a custom to Baal Bris. The, the father makes one bracha, and the, uh, and the uh, Moel makes another bracha. Every time we have a question like that, we should answer, well, the discuss the point why there are two mitzvahs, why there are two brachas if there's only one mitzvah. By uh, Megillah, for example, the question really doesn't come up because there, there's no two, it's for sure, Asha Nisim and Shechiano are definitely not a Birchas HaMitzvah. They're definitely, uh, continue a different type of Racha, Birchas HaShavach Valda. But by Mila and by Tfilin, we should ask this question. We're not going to go into that now, but we're going to discuss why are there three Brachas or two Brachas according to the Minig of the Rambam or the Minig of Tosfus. So there's a Balamar that's very well known about this. The Balamar says there are three brachas because there are three parts of Torah. There's Mikra, Mishnah, and Talmud. Tanakh, Chumash, Mishnayis, and Gemara. And therefore, the custom is to learn parts of Mikra, Mishnah, and Talmud after you make these brachas. For example... We say either Parshas Kohanim or some say Tzavis Bnei Yisrael, Karpentamid, for the Mikra. We learn Ezel Mekoman, which is the Mishnah, for the Mishnahis, and we learn the, the Gemara of Elu, uh, or we learn also Elu Dvarim Shem Lamashir, which is the Mishnah, and then we learn a Brisa, either Drash Rabbi Shmo or something else, for Talmud. This explanation of the Balamar, of course, goes hand in hand with the explanation that we said before. The Bracha is really on the Chavzah Torah, and there are different concepts of Torah, Torah Shebichsav, Mishnayis, Gemara. One could argue and say, even according to that reasoning, we should have two brachas. One for Torah Shebichsav and Torah Shebalpeh. Mishnah and Gemara inherently are not that different, whereas Chumash and Mishnah and Gemara, that are certainly different. So that could be the reason why we make two brachas. One for Torah Shebichsav, one for Torah Shebalpeh. 
the explanation of the different brachas should be thought about in terms of the words, and do we really see a distinction between Torah Shebech and Torah Shebech Do we also say a prayer for the future of Vihar Revna?